morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Can we stand together this morning and declare that the battle is not ours, but His? We welcome those that are worshiping online today. Let's worship the Lord together. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory.
today because the battle is not ours. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Amen? Normally at this time we would have someone come up and read a scripture and have a prayer. And this weekend we are beginning a a change in the format of our weekend service. Primarily for the purpose of helping us. Over the last seven or eight months we have noticed that with all of our services, uh, 6 p.m., this service and the 11 a.m., that we have been, we, we have sensed a desire for all of us to go deeper in our worship. And we feel like the worship, the musical portion of the service has been a little bit disjointed. So in order to kind of facilitate that, we're going to start loading the first, the first part of the service. So all of our worship songs are going to be at the top of the service, at the beginning of the service. So I figured I would take a second to explain it rather than just go into the second song. And halfway through the song, somebody's still out there going, somebody's supposed to be up there reading Scripture and having a prayer. I don't know what's going on here today. So, so if you would just kind of be patient with us over the next several weeks as we kind of get used to this new format, that's primarily what we want to do. We have come together for worship and the Word. And so we want to spend some dedicated time in musical worship, giving ourselves an opportunity. So uh, we're not used to standing for three songs, or maybe sometimes it might be four songs. So if during the, the musical portion of the worship service, if you feel like you need to sit down, then don't feel any condemnation. Just sit down and stay plugged in with what's going on, and, and nobody will judge you. If you want to come down here to the altar and kneel and pray while we're worshiping, and sing. No one will come and lay hands on you unless you want some, uh, someone to do that. You can just come down here and express your word. If you want to kneel right where you are, if you just want to stand with your hands lifted, if you want to clap your hands, uh, all of those things are appropriate postures in worship. And we just want to encourage you. The scripture says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we want you to feel free to express yourself in worship and not feel condemned if you are an introvert, for example, and you're like, I don't really feel like an open outward expression is is what I want to do. That's okay, too. That's one of the reasons why, like during the opening song, we go from lighting that's like this in the house to a little bit dimmer so that you can maybe be a little bit more expressive and you cannot have any fear that somebody's looking around at you judging you. So that is, next week I won't give this, uh, this part of this uh, explanation about what we're doing. We're just going to go on in and continue our worship. Uh, but we believe that God deserves our best. And so what we want to do is get out of the way as much as we can and facilitate an atmosphere where people can truly encounter the Lord Jesus Christ. Because even in a corporate worship service, we believe that every individual, whether you're here in the room or whether you're watching us online, that every person even in a corporate worship service, can have an individual encounter with God. And so that's what we're here to try to facilitate. And so, God, we just pray over the next several weeks and months as we try to go deeper in our worship of you, that you would allow the Holy Spirit to fill this place and be among us. And, God, we just thank you for what you're going to do. And, God, we thank you that in situations in our lives where we don't see or know how you're going to make a way for us, God, we know you're always working. When we don't see it, when we don't know it, we don't feel it, when you are working for us. Thank you, Lord. When the road runs dead, you can see a way I don't. And it makes no sense, but you 
that's what faith is for. I see a flood, you see a promise. I see a grave, you see a door. And when I'm at my end, you see where the future starts. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. You've been good on every promise, even to die, every minute, and out of that grave. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. When the world's on fire, not like you don't needs to say that this morning. Somebody needs to say that in their own life this morning. God, I know you will. I don't know how, but I know that you will. God, you work impossible things. I was sharing with the 6 p.m. service last night. Almost every time we lead a song, a different part of the song really kind of sticks out to me and, and really impacts me. And for me, this weekend, the song that we just sang, the phrase, you pulled my heart from Egypt. Now, if you remember when the nation of Israel came out of captivity from Egypt, one of the first places that they found themselves was up against the Red Sea with the Egyptian army approaching them. And they looked at Moses and what did they say? Why didn't you just leave us there? Why did you bring us out here in the wilderness to die? There's somebody here this morning, or maybe you're watching us online, that God is bringing you out of a situation and it feels uncomfortable. 
and you're looking back at God and you're saying, God, why did you? Because sometimes the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know, right? So he pulls our heart, he pulls our desire to go back to Egypt and helps us to understand that whatever the road looks like, whatever the enemy that we are up against, that he fights the battles for us. Amen? And there is one name. That one name is above every other name. And that name is Jesus. Amen? Scripture says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. So Jesus, we speak your name today because we know the power that it has. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. So every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shine. Jesus. 
we speak your name today. Jesus, we understand that there is no other name, that there is no name that is higher, that there is no name that is greater. There is no name that can break down strongholds in our lives. Now, this song talks about some very specific things, souls held captive by depression, fear and anxiety. We just want to speak the name of Jesus over our families, over our jobs, over our church, over our ministry, over everything that we do, over our relationships. The chorus says, we just sang, your name is power, 
healing life. And here's a key for somebody today. Break every stronghold. I'm going to say it again. Break every stronghold. Let's say it together. Say it. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Come on, give him praise. Burn like a fire. God, we pray today that you would burn in us and out of us the things that you don't, the things that don't belong there. Lord, we just sang about dark addictions and fear and anxiety and depression. And those things are of the enemy. And those things come against us to drag us down. But the battle is not ours. So, Jesus, we speak your name. Jesus, we sing your name. Jesus, we think about your name. We contemplate your name. We meditate on your name. Because there is power, there is healing, and there is life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to have your name. Can we just sing that chorus again? Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Let's sing it together. Your name. Hmm. Maybe I could sing. Somebody else started. You started. The Holy Spirit is still here. Amen. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is love. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. Can we sing that again? Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. Burn those things up in us, God, that don't need to be there. Set us free to do greater things. Set us free to worship you in the way that you deserve to be worshipped. Set us free to see the things in our family and on our job that we have been struggling with, God, in our relationships, whatever it might be, so that you can bring victory into our lives. We take your name with us. We thank you for that. We thank you for giving us the opportunity, God, to worship you, to serve you, and to come together as a congregation, as people of God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit and for your moving in us. Hallelujah. As we conclude our prayer today, part of the the change in our format is during the 9 o'clock service, this is the moment where we'll dismiss our children to go to Kids Church with April, so that's why she's standing here with me. So uh, if we could just... Maybe you just want to stretch your hands this way and pray for April and her team today. And then after we uh, say amen, then your kids can go to Kids Church with April. Father, we just thank you for April and for her team, for the teachers, and God, for the children that 
uh, that we have in our fellowship. And God, we just pray today that your anointing would rest on April and her team and those teachers and each one of those kids, that you would pour into them, that you would pour into them from your richness, that they would know you and serve you and make a decision to call you Lord and Savior. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping. You may be seated. This is different. Good morning. (laughs) Nice to see you all. It's weird not having Pastor Roger by my side, but that's okay. Okay, good morning, everyone, to those of you in person and everyone online. Again, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. If you're in person and you're new here, again, welcome. So if you're new here, of course, before you leave, once you go to the left, you will see the Welcome Center, where you will receive a free gift and be greeted by someone from our pastoral staff. And, of course, for those of you online, you can click the New Here button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. And now for Connect Cards. So if you're in person, the Connect Cards are either at your table or at your seat, which we would love for you to fill out so we know that you are here today. And also you can write down your prayer request because we're always praying for you here. And, of course, once you leave, don't forget to put your Connect Cards in the basket on the way out. And for those of you online, you can click the Connect Card button at the top or the bubble that just popped up in the chat. So now... Let's take a few minutes to look at to see what activities are coming up at Cornerstone. Oh. Hey everyone, my name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. This Monday, October 31st, from 5 to 7 p.m. at the Ellesmere campus is our Trunk or Treat. There will be people with decorated cars handing out candy, and refreshments will be available. This is a great way to reach out and meet our neighbors around the Ellesmere campus. If you have signed up to help staff this event, please plan to arrive at the Ellesmere campus by 4 p.m. To find out more or to sign up, contact April Loper Brown at aloper at ctcde.church. The mission of Operation Christmas Child is to demonstrate God's love in a tangible way to children in need around the world. Through this project, Samaritan's Purse partners with the local church worldwide to share the good news of Jesus Christ and make disciples of the nations. Beginning next weekend, shoe boxes will be available in the mall at the Bear Campus. Collection week begins November 13. We need your help with packing the shoe boxes for shipping. To learn more, contact Sandy Sturgis at 302-345-4551 or Ginger Carroll at 302-690-1308. RSD is a chronic, debilitating pain condition characterized by continuous, often burning pain. The first Monday of November is a day set aside to raise awareness with Color the World Orange Day. On Monday, November 7th at 4 p.m. at the Bear Campus, we will host an event to do our part to bring attention to this poorly understood condition. To find out more, visit colortheworldorange.com. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. 
please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. Good morning to everyone this morning. Glad to add my welcome to everybody that's uh, already get, said good morning to you and glad that you're here today. As we, uh, we continue just learning some of the things uh, that are around us, that last announcement you heard about the uh, color of the world orange, uh, Linda Horan is uh, part of Pastor Vaughn's uh, pastoral care team. She is a, I'm going to call you a survivor of RSD, and so she'll be in the mall area uh, by the by, the front table, she's got some literature there about RSD and Color of the Orange Day, and she'll be glad to talk with you if you have anything, any questions about that. This Tuesday night is our, our annual charge conference uh, meeting. It's a church conference. It's just a uh, your annual meeting of the church. You know, every corporation has an annual meeting, and uh, th- there's uh, th- it's just a regular meeting. Uh, like most years, there's nothing significant that is on the table for us uh, this year, but if you would like to join us for that meeting, uh, you are welcome. And uh, members of the congregation, uh, anybody's invited to attend, members of the congregation are welcome to place their vote on any actions that are taken. You heard also, uh, there's, there's still space if you haven't uh, decided to, uh, to join our trunk or treat on uh, tomorrow night, right? Today's the 30th, right? Tomorrow night at Trunk or Treat up at the Ellesmere campus, uh, there's still room. We want to have the lawn full of cars. I'm bringing both of my vehicles, and uh, you get to decorate your trunk of your car or the back of your back of your. We saw we saw Lisa on the on the picture dressed up as some kind of bug. I'm not quite sure what what she was, but I'm going to have the most creative. Uh, decorations for my vehicle. My one vehicle is going to be decorated just like my garage. So I'm just going to get some boxes and some tools, throw them in the back of my van and open it up and there you are. Welcome to my garage. My other minivan that I've got, I am going to decorate just like Jesus' tomb. It will be empty. Like that, James. You got that. Going to be a little. They're going to have a little basket of candy, little sign on it, little words that makes makes the people have to get close to see what kind of decoration is this, and it will say, "He's not here." But help yourself to some candy. I like that one. Isn't that great? So, see if you can do better than me, which I'm sure you can. But you just can't outdo Jesus' empty tomb. There's no way you can do that. So anyway, just a, just a fun thing. A final thing I want to mention this morning on your tables uh, or, or by your chair, and I apologize to those of you who are online. I don't have this available online, but uh, the elders, the, the Council of Lay Elders and I have been meeting for, well, we meet twice a month, and for the last several months we've been looking at uh, look at some of the staffing that we've doing, and we've made some changes in the staffing. And so we've put on the tables this morning this little sheet that says, who's got this? To help you know when you have questions or you have you, you, have, you want to do something in the church, who do, who on staff do I contact to do to do whatever? So 
Uh, we're not going to read through this now, but this is for your information to take that home and uh, so that you know who's, who's doing what, who has what responsibilities among our staff uh, and those kinds of things. So, we're all very glad. I say, I think I got all those. No, I don't. No, I don't. I got one more thing. Back to trunk or treat. At, the bar- at, at this campus, uh, we're, we're not having the trunk or treat here, obviously, because we're having the trunk or treat up at the other campus. But as you leave the celebration room to, today, we want to encourage you to, uh, to, to participate in your neighborhoods with the trick or treat, whatever events are going on. So we have prepared for you these nice little bags of candy. Uh, that you can hand out, and it's got some information about our church uh, and a, a coupon to, for a free breakfast, one free breakfast sandwich. Uh, you got to hurry up because the, 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 the coupon expires December 18th. So, you know, we're trying to invite people to come to church. Great way for you to invite people to come to Christ the Cornerstone. So pick up these things, as many as you want, uh, as you leave the celebration room this morning. We're going to get ready to hear God's word this morning, so let's take a moment and ask, uh, I'll say a prayer and we'll, we'll be ready for God to speak to us through the message this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, your Holy Spirit is here this morning and we thank you for being with us. We've already sensed your presence this morning and I pray, God, while we, while we were singing, I was praying for the people on line. I was praying for my family, speaking Jesus over all the things of this world. You hear our prayers, God. You do care about every person, every situation. And we thank you for that. Now we ask you to help us open our ears and our hearts that we may not only hear what you have to say today, but we may receive it. That your word may fall upon us like fog over the mountain. And that it would roll down our lives, roll down the sides of that, like fog rolls down the mountain into the valley, that your presence would cover every aspect of our lives today. And that we would hear you. Thank you. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. depend on the greater one to help us do greater things. Have you seen God doing greater things in your life recently? I pray you have, because I have. And since we've, since we've been in this, this season, this series of greater things, and we've been looking in Scripture about when God does greater things, how God does greater things, what are the greater things that God is doing, we've listed these things. And Jesus said, you will do greater things than these because I am 
with you. Here, Chris, you need some candy. That was just in my way. <laughs> I just got, got rid of it. My mother passed away back in 2013. And when we, when we uh, had her celebration, it was at the church where I was pastoring at the time, and, and she had requested an old song to be sung during uh, her services. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sing part of that song to you, but you have to, it's, 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 not a, it's not a commonly known song. It's not in the United Methodist hymnal. It's, a, it's an old Wesleyan song. It actually came out of the Church of the Nazarene, which is a West, one of the Wesleyan uh, denominations in our country. But it talks about our main topic for today, the greater things. And the greater thing is about God's grace. Listen to this. I know, it's an old song. It'll be good. Wonderful grace of Jesus, greater than all my sin. How shall my tongue describe it? Where shall its praise begin? Taking away my burden, setting my spirit free for the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches me. Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus, greater than the mighty rolling sea. Higher than the mountain, sparkling like a fountain, all-sufficient grace for even me. Broader than the scope of my transgressions, greater far than all my sin and shame. Oh, magnify the precious name of Jesus, praise His name. Great song. Now... You have to imagine, my, my, my family, everybody in my family can sing. And all my cousins, all my aunts and uncles, and we were all gathered for my mom's funeral. And you have to imagine about a hundred people in the church, the, the, the great choir singing from the, from the pews of that church, all of us taking our own part in that song and singing that wonderful grace of Jesus. Let me say the words again in case, in case you didn't get it. Wonderful grace of Jesus, greater than all my sin. Now how shall my tongue describe it and where shall its praise begin? Taking away my burden, setting my spirit free. Listen, people understand what it feels like to be in the bondage of sin. We know what that feels like. We know what we're supposed to do. We know when we don't do what we're supposed to do, even if we've never read the Bible. We still have a sense of right and wrong. Setting my spirit free from the power and the bondage of sin and death. You can have that. For the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches, reaches, 
We just came through a, a, a hurricane. And somebody described, the water reached my house. And it seems quite passive. But the grace of God is anything but passive. The grace of God reaches. It takes its long arm and goes into your life and touches everything about you. The grace of God reaches me. Let's go to, let's go to Scripture and read about God's grace from Romans. The book of Romans, chapter 5. We're going to read a fairly long passage, verses 15 through 21. And I want you to do something this morning to, to participate in the reading of the Scripture. Whether you're online or here in the room, you can do this. Every time we get to the word great or the word grace, I want you to read that with me with a loud, full voice. Now, you have, to, you have to pay attention because sometimes we're getting to the word great and it might be a variation of the word great, but I still want you to say that. It might be the word grace, but a, a variation of the word grace. You are to say that too. Now, we've got grace sitting right over here. Welcome, grace. Did you know that grace was sitting among us? <laughs> What a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. So let's read, let's read Romans chapter 5, starting with verse 15. And when we get to the word great or the word grace or a variation of those two words, I want you to say that out loud with me. We're going to get started. Ready? Here we go. But there is a difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death. Of many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of the one man's sin. Why? Because Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule. I'm going to pause on that word rule. What does it mean to rule? Who rules over you? Who rules the land? Who rules your family? Who sets the rules? And why do we have rules? So now you're thinking about what the word rule means. I would say it long enough, it just sounds weird. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule. Caused death to have dominance over everything, caused death to set the rules, caused death to tell everybody how to live their lives? Yes. Pay attention. But even 
greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumphant, tri- will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes. Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Two things. A right relationship with God. A right relationship with God. Following Jesus is not just about getting your sins forgiven. Following Jesus is is all about having a right relationship with your Creator. Having your sins forgiven is, is, is not the end of Christianity. It's the process for Christianity. Don't stop with, thank you Jesus for forgiving my sins. And then walk away from Him as if nothing changes. Because if you, if you receive that forgiveness of your sins, everything changes. Everything changes. Don't live the same life you lived after you received God's grace that you lived before God's grace. Yes, verse 18 says, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life. Don't stop with Jesus saying, Jesus, forgive my sins. Let that be the start. Now, Jesus, give me the new life because I can't live life the same way. It only leads to death. Because one person obeyed God, verse 19 says, many became sinners. We all became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. And so just as sin ruled over all people, And brought them to death. Now, God's wonderful grace rules instead. Who rules now? I don't think you're convinced. Who rules now? I think you're confused. Maybe I'll say it this way. What rules now? (laughs) All right. Three times. Okay. Jesus rules. God's grace rules. Instead, giving us right standing with God, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah is the right response. This is what saves us. This is what gives us new life. Everything has changed. You ought to say, Hallelujah. Amen. 
Remember in the old days when we would go to church when I was little and we all sang out of the hymn books and 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 at the end of every song there we all sang a word Amen 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 whatever I was at my uh, yeah this is the this is the day for Roger talking about all the deaths in his family my mother's brother passed away <laughs> And I was asked to to lead the family through the funeral, and so he he was a farmer in upstate New York, and and ran an apple orchard, and they they had a business at the obviously at the orchard For around here. Uh, think Milburn Orchards, not far from here, but that was that was a business similar to what my uncles actually still have. And Pastor Vaughn and I and the Stephen and Debbie Scholes were up there a couple of weeks ago, but years ago before I moved to Delaware. Uh, my uncle, my mom's brother, passed away, and I was leading the service in the in in the the orchard, in the farm, in the business. Uh, we were we were in the store that they have there, and I had sung a song. I don't know, I don't remember what song it was. Uh, yeah, I do. It was called the Hymn of Promise, and it was my grand one of my grandmother's uh, favorite songs, and uh, my uncle's too. But uh, I sang that like I sang the song this earlier this morning. And when I, when I finished the song, I didn't sing that little amen because I was just doing, I was doing a solo. Uncle Norm, they, 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 had, they had his ashes. Uh, they were not in an urn. They had gotten his ashes from the crematory and they had placed his ashes because he was a farmer. They placed his ashes in a toolbox <laughs> sitting on top of an apple crate in the orchard. Good thing to do. So I sang this song, and Uncle Norm's dog was sitting right there, uh, almost at my feet, right next to the to the uh, his uh, Uncle Norm's toolbox. And as soon as I finished the song, when everybody felt the presence of God, and just like Mary blurted out the hallelujah, when we wanted to, we had that feeling that somebody's got to say amen, but nobody did. Uncle Norm's dog in perfect timing, went, woof! Even, even God's creation will sing God's praises because of God's wonderful grace in our lives. I have three questions this morning. What is grace? So, quick definition. What is grace Grace is God's unearned kindness to all people. Can you read that with me? God's unearned kindness to all people. Say it again. God's unearned kindness. We don't use the word grace very often in our culture, in our language today. You don't, you don't go to the grocery store and see the word grace put any place. You, you, don't, you don't tell your children, um, well, maybe you do. May the grace be... May, what, 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 you know, we say grace, but we don't say the word grace, except to say, let's say grace, if you even do that. So I'm not sure our, word, our world really understands what grace is. It is God's unearned kindness. How do you show kindness to one another? 
When do you show kindness to others? Why do you show kindness to others? Do you ever show kindness to people you don't even know? Wouldn't you call that grace? Why? But it's a real thing and we need it in our lives. Grace is God's unearned kindness to all people. How many of you listened to the telephone call, the message that I sent out on Friday night? What are you talking about? Every Thursday night or every Friday night, if we have your phone number, (laughs) I will make a two-minute recording of, of a message and send it to you just as an encouragement. There's a little announcement at the end of it, and it's intended to inspire you in the middle of your week before you come. It's intended to remind you, let's gather together for worship this weekend at Christ the Cornerstone. It's intended to to remind you that we do not forget about you, but we pray for you. The phone call goes out to a thousand people uh, in our area. Thank you, Jesus, that you can spread your grace to so many people. So if you have opted out of that after having given it, I don't want to hear Pastor Roger. Well, that is absolutely your loss but it is also your privilege. (laughs) I don't want to hear them. Yeah, I know we've been in rooms, we've been in groups uh, where there have been people from church and our phones all go off at the same time. Oh, it's just Pastor Roger. But I told a story, oh, and, and if you want that phone number, make sure you fill out the Connect card. Either on, if you want that phone call, make sure you fill out a Connect card to make sure that we've got an accurate phone number for you. And if you don't, if you don't get it, Send us a message or whatever, and we'll see what the problem is. But it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's another way we share God's grace with people. This last Friday, I shared a message. Uh, those of you who heard my message, what, what did I give to the mother at the house where I visited? Chicken salad. You did so much better than the people last night. They also, what did you give? All right, yeah, I listened to it, Pastor Ryan. What did I give to the mother at the house? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Indigestion. <laughs> I told a story that I, the story I call chicken salad grace. Chicken salad grace. Michelle and Kevin, newlyweds, a few months into their into their marriage, maybe a year or so, they gave birth to Megan. Megan was a beautiful baby. I had the privilege of not only baptizing Megan as, a, as, a, as, a, as an infant by the time she grew up to be 13 years old. I was again their pastor having gone to other churches and then back to their area. And they, so then again I was back at 13 years later confirming Megan's faith as a follower of Jesus Christ. What a beautiful thing that is to, to be able to do. But when Megan was, was an infant, I went to visit them. Carolyn and I made, made some chicken salad and some other things so that M- Michelle wouldn't have to cook that night. And so I knocked on their door. She opened it and I said, hey, Megan, how you doing? Good. Or Michelle, Megan's beautiful and, and all that. Didn't stay very long, but I just had a prayer with, Megan, with Michelle and Megan and gave her the chicken salad. And she said, thank you, closed the door. And I got back in the car. I didn't even drive two miles back to my house. By the time I got back to the house, the, the, the phone was ringing. I picked it up, and it was Michelle. And Michelle was sobbing 
uncontrollably. All I could hear was a woman crying on the other end of the phone. I said, Michelle, what is wrong? (laughs) She just cried and she sobbed. And finally, when she calmed down, she said, the the, 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 the chicken salad. I said, I thought I thought I killed her baby or something. That that she gave some to the baby and, and, and the baby was throwing up and doing all kinds of things and they were at the hospital. She said, No, the, 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 the chicken salad was so good. Thank you. How wonderful it is when God takes the littlest things that we do and makes it so much greater simply because of his grace. Look at your own life. What is, what is God doing in your life? And even the things that you have done, the wrong things that you have done in your life, God's grace is so much greater to cover them all. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Let me say that again for those of you who wonder if it's really true. In the name of Jesus Christ, You are forgiven. Now, go and live the life that is new, fresh, and holy. What is grace? Grace is God's unearned kindness. Why is it needed? Why do you need God's grace? Why do I need God's grace? The answer is because no one has ever lived without missing the mark of God's hope for us. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for humanity. And every one of us has missed the mark. We've failed to do, we've failed to be, we've failed to achieve the quality, the characteristics of humanity that God wants us to be. Anybody doubt that? I hear no no's. We've all failed. There's no use in looking at your neighbor and saying, yeah, but I didn't fail like that person did. It doesn't matter. Fail is fail. Miss the mark is miss the mark. Notice I'm not using the word sin. Oops, I just did. The word sin means to miss the mark. And I've said this before. You, you, you think of shooting an arrow at a target. There's a bullseye. Jesus has a bullseye for you to hit with your life. <laughs> and you've missed the mark. And it's a big... That, that, that target is wide. And that bullseye is small. But this is, this is what the bullseye looks like. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Anything outside of that misses the mark. Any of you convinced that you've lived your entire life Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you have loved your neighbor as yourself? Nobody has. We need God's grace. For everyone has sinned, Romans 3.23 
through 25 says this, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, the mark. And yet, God with undeserved kindness. How did we define grace? Undeserved kindness. God declares, declares. He speaks it. That we are righteous. How? The Bible tells us. He did this through Jesus Christ when Jesus Christ freed us from the penalty of missing the mark. Because God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for our sin. Alright. That's what grace is. That's why it is needed. How do I get it? I love this part. How do I get it? Turn around and let it get you. Remember I said that grace in that, in that song reaches me? God does even more than reach. God runs. Did you ever try to catch up to somebody? Trying to tell them something and they didn't hear you when you're running after them. I, I, I was in a. I was in a. This was not a graceful moment for me. This was a missing the mark moment for me, and I was having a conflict with a woman in one of my churches, and we were not able to get together. And there was an event at the church, and we were in the kitchen, and I decided, okay, maybe I can communicate what I really want to communicate if I just go up beside her and we were. We were doing something in the kitchen, preparing for a, a church dinner or something. And I went up beside her and I started to talk to her. And she was so angry with me that she wouldn't even talk to me. And I knew that we had to be reconciled. And I'm the pastor of the church. And I've got, I've got to confess what I've done wrong and ask her forgiveness. But she was too angry to even listen to me. You're like, what did you do, Pastor Roger? Never mind. Please don't ask. And I won't ask you (laughs) what you've done. I was up beside her and I started to say, Beverly, can, can we talk? She immediately turned and walked to the other side of the kitchen. I turned and walked to the other side of the kitchen. She saw me turning and walking towards her. She turned again and went another way. And I turned and followed her and, and, and she walked faster and she got to the door and I thought, Roger, stop. you're making both of you look like fools. Just just stop. Now that's a negative illustration of me trying to catch up to this woman. But God is constantly following you. Seeking you. Not with bad news. Not with condemnation. But with unearned kindness. And if you would only stop running away from God and just turn around, your ears will be in the right position where you will hear Him say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I forgive you. Yes. Hallelujah. And if you would only stop running away from God, trying to run run your life the way you want to run your life, and turn around, God's power, God's mercy, God's kindness, you just open your arms and it will hit you. <laughs> Can you open yourself? 
can you stop running enough? Say, Lord, I'm sorry. It's, it's, God's grace is, is like a river that, that, that all we have to do is just put our toe in it and we begin to, to feel its refreshing power over our lives. But don't settle for just putting your toe in there. Dive in. Plunge in. That's why we, that's why we encourage baptism by immersion. Because it is a sign that my entire life is in Christ. Wonderful grace of Jesus, greater than all my sin. How shall my tongue describe it? Where shall its praise begin? Taking away my burden, setting my spirit free, for the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches me. Wonderful grace of Jesus, reaching to all the lost. By it I have been pardoned, saved to the uttermost. Chains have been torn asunder, giving me liberty. Because the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches me. Wonderful grace of Jesus reaching the most defiled by its transforming power, making him God's dear child, purchasing peace and heaven for all eternity. And the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches me. Where are you? What is your orientation towards God's grace? And, and, and maybe you've never made a decision to stop running. Brother, sister, quit it. Turn around. This word receive that we read in the Bible literally means to, to come into an experience It doesn't mean pick up a piece of paper, I received this announcement. No, no, no. It means I have come to experience the fullness of God in my life. That's what it means to receive. It doesn't mean one day I just knelt down and said the sinner's prayer. It means that I got up and I held my arms open and I said, Jesus, give me all that you want me to have. Give me life. Give me your grace, Jesus. Give me your power. And it doesn't matter when we make that decision. God's grace is always there. And some of us have made that decision long ago, but we still resisted God's grace in our lives. And we need to come this morning and say, God, I want all that you have for me. I know there are places in my life that are not pleasing to you, and I open them up for you to clean out. So that's my invitation to us this morning. Whether you're online, I encourage you, if you're online, get out of the chair where you are, turn around, kneel down, and pray. Say, God, I need you. Come. Give me your amazing grace. If you're in this room, get up. Come here forward and just, just kneel here. And, then, and it's not a statement of, of, I'm now just becoming a Christian. It's a statement of, I need God's grace in my life fully. Come, Jesus. Let's stand together as we, as we sing again God's amazing grace. And let's open ourselves to receive 
come into the experience of the fullness of God's unearned kindness every part of our lives. Let's pray together as we sing. Lord. 
that's great. If you wouldn't mind moving that out into the mall area so we can kind of maintain this atmosphere of worship that we kind of sense here right now with the Holy Spirit moving. The altar is still open if you want to come and pray. There are folks still at the prayer station. There are folks that are still online and available to meet with you and to to talk with you and to pray with you before you leave today. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us and would go with us. We sang earlier and we talked, Lord, about you pulling our heart from Egypt. And Lord, our chains are gone. But today it's our choice to walk away from those chains. Give us the courage today. Pull our hearts from Egypt so we can walk away from those chains that are now gone. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. And amazing grace, how sweet. 